fall upon earth to bind their spell. Ere to see its travel well. Black spirits and white, red spirits and gray, hearken to wine spirits and witches this day. Welcome, Welcome to Wine, Spirits, and, and Witches. Witches. This is Shauna. And I'm Monica. And we're your high priestess for tonight. We started this podcast because we wanted to have something that everybody can listen to, whether it be little baby witchlets to people that are really experienced and everything in between, so that you can have something that you can just tune in and learn something or just laugh at drunk witches as we babble on and on and on. So that's what we're kind of here to do. And while we do it, we uh, drink wine and or spirits. So Monica, tell me a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Okay. Well, I hail from back east. I was born in New Jersey. And I am a high priestess of a Strega Coven, which is the Italian path. I've been... um, doing this for many, many, many years, ever since I was a little little girl and not knowing exactly what I was doing. I would go out, gather some leaves and make a circle on the full moon. And later on in life, of course, with the, with the help of some great teachers, I've learned the proper way to do things. But I uh, have a coven here in California, and I am a, also a tea leaf reader at the Green Man store in North Hollywood. I think you can read a lot more than just tea leaves. I have personally seen you stop eating food in the middle of it because you started scrying your mashed potatoes and started seeing things in it and couldn't eat your messages anymore. That's true. That is very true. So yes. on that, that note, though, so when you when you say that you can read food and you can read tea leaves, what does that mean? Like, what are you doing? What is this psychic? It, it's scrying. Thing? It's actually scrying. It's being able to see, looking, you know, clair, clairvoyance, I guess, looking look at an object or anything. I could look at anything and I could see things in it. So, and do readings on it or get messages from it. So it's a really cool, it's very interesting and I'm never bored in my life because I see things in everything. I think the most common um, type of scrying that I think everybody has done is probably cloud scrying. Yes, people don't even realize what they're doing when they're doing that, but actually they're scrying. Yeah, and you're looking at the clouds and you go, oh, that one looks like a dog, oh, that one looks like this, and that's scrying. And so if you knew what it meant, you could actually, like, get derived messages out of that. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely. And what about you? Tell us about you. My name is Shauna, and I hail from Los Angeles, and I didn't actually get into witchcraft first, per se. I first got into the tarot. I was taught when I was really young, and I just thought it was super normal, and so a lot of my friends and people that I've known, even from elementary school, will tell you that we became friends because I read their tarot cards at recess. And I think I was first introduced to witchcraft technically by my grandmother, even though I don't think she knew that's what she was doing. And I didn't know that's what she was doing. I just thought she was really crazy um, because every full moon she would run around the house with a shovel and a sack of potatoes and ask people if they had a wart. And if you had any kind of wart or blemish, she would rub a potato on you and like say something. And then she would just run into the backyard and come back super serious a couple minutes later and be like, it's done. And so I just thought it was just her being really weird and kooky. And then when I was about 10 or 11, she was like, okay, I'm going to teach you what this is all about. And so she broke the spell down for me. And at the time, I was thoroughly convinced that she was just batshit crazy. 
And a couple years later, I ended up with a wart on my finger and I tried everything. I, you know, went to the pharmacy and got all this stuff to like get it off. Nothing took it off. So I was desperate and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try this potato thing. And it worked. Like it actually worked. magic. I'm still kind of convinced that there's probably some science to it, but technically, yes, it's magic. I don't know why it worked, but it worked and I totally believe in it. And I've even been tempted a couple times with just like freckles or other things. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't push my luck. It worked on that war. Like I should just be grateful and leave it alone. But after that, you know, I started going and getting, um, little spell books and playing with things here or there, but I didn't start like really seriously studying magic until I was probably about like 19 or 20, uh, which I found the Green Man store, which I now work at as well. And I started taking a bunch of classes from a bunch of different teachers. And from there, I too became a, a wee baby strega. So I also am an Italian witch. And that means that when Monica and I get together to do rituals, guys, we just get to eat lots and lots of pasta and call it religion. That's true. That's true and it's lots of fun to be yes because in our circles it's never actually blood it's just spaghetti sauce yeah but don't tell anybody that we're, we're hardcore it's it's virgin blood guys so we wanted to talk today about the stigma of the witch and what witches really do and who they are versus what people believe because probably a lot of people that you know are way more witchy than they know or than you know because we think that witches are crazy old women that eat babies and that is not true they're usually crazy old women that have 13 cats yeah well you know people are so um mis misinformed about what a witch is i know people who are doctors lawyers teachers police officers even a priest a catholic priest uh, came into the uh, circle one time and they look like ordinary everyday people probably the one that you're sitting next to on the bus or the train or next to in the office um you know they don't have to be wearing long black dresses and tons of amethyst and uh long dark hair i mean it's look your average person right next to you could be a witch I think a lot of times when, like, my first thing that I think of when I hear a witch and I picture one in my head is I think of a woman that has really long hair and is wearing some kind of hippy-dippy, loose-fitting clothing that has, like, been in her garden all day long talking to plants. <laughs> That's, like, really, like, the first thought that comes to my mind when I think of a witch because witches are the original tree huggers. It's very nature-based. I have never met a witch that did not, like, hug a tree or talk to a plant when they get the chance to do so. But yeah, I mean, witches really, they look like everybody. It's very, like, a very unassuming thing. I think that now there's definitely a witch aesthetic that is very popular. And you have, you know, the wide brim black hat and the fancy $30 black lipstick and all that. And don't get me wrong, I love my black lipstick and my wide brim hat. I have both and I look like a badass when I wear it. But I am just as witchy when I am in my pajamas. Yeah, but you know movies from the past and cartoons from the past always depicted witches as ugly old women with warts on their face all bent over and uh, we can thank the movie industry for giving witch a bad name it has it's never going to be accepted because witch has a bad bad vibe to it you say the word witch people are immediately associated with negative or evil or dark I think now, as it comes more into pop culture today, 
it still definitely has that dark vibe. It's very much so tied to like Satanism or like necromancy and all of these things. But it's actually encouraging a lot of people to still explore witchcraft. So it kind of has like this, well, it's still very dark, like almost like a sexy kind of appeal to it. But I do think that in real life, when you introduce yourself and someone finds out you're a witch, it does kind of take them like make them take a couple steps back. And usually the first question that I get is, will you curse someone for me? Or are you a good witch or a bad witch? Yeah, that got posed to me too. Yeah. Um, it's true, but you know, it's really funny because I worked in a school system and wore very mundane, very, you know, very mundane clothes. Like you would never know that I was a witch, but I'm, I, many times, a few little kids here and there would say out of nowhere, are you a witch? And I would, it would blow my mind. And I would, and I would say, why do you say that? And they would get scared because they thought I was mad at them. But I really wanted to know what they were seeing that made them say that. Well, it's because kids are really psychic. I yeah, think that, I think we're all, we're all psychic. I think, I think it's like a muscle that we're all born with and kids being very creative and being really in touch with that imaginative side that they have. Yeah. I think that they really exercise that psychic muscle. And so they're really perceptive to things like that and seeing spirits and all sorts of stuff. And then as they get older, I think they exercise that muscle less. Yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, Life takes over, concrete jungle, you know, every day, and you kind of lose it after a while. That's why children see fairies. That's why animals are able to see into that other realm because they're so open and untouched by society yet. Yeah, exactly. And then it just kind of wears down. And usually what happens after that is we have something that gives us that spiritual awakening, that revelation that we're possibly witches, and then we rediscover it. And then you start exercising that psychic muscle again, and you have to tap back into it. Mm -hmm. But do you have to be psychic to be a witch? Absolutely not. No, you they, don't. No, you do not. No, absolutely not. One does not... Uh, go with the other it's nice to have it but you don't have to be psychic to be a witch or you don't have to be a witch to be psychic absolutely i know some very accomplished witches that will definitely tell you that they're not psychic mm -hmm. absolutely and i know some very very psychic people that are totally not into magic and that is okay i think they complement each other really well when you put them together but no they don't have to be that so if there's anybody listening that wants to be a witch but you don't know how to predict lottery numbers don't worry you're good you can still be accepted by the magical community i promise yeah and i feel like it's sort of like a calling just like the priesthood in catholicism or the nunhood you get called and i feel it's the same thing you know you're different. You know you're a witch from a young age. Um, but what do you think about can you study to be a witch? Is that a possibility or do you think? Uh... 100%. I think that if you, if you want to study to be a witch, then that already means that you have that calling. And right. I, I think that just like because if you weren't really a witch, you're not going to want to sit there and read all of these different books or go to classes or any of this stuff and listen to all of these old eccentric people talk about that one time that they had a conversation with a cat or anything else. Not to say that that's all what witchcraft classes are, but like if you really weren't into it, you're not going to want to sit through that. You're not going to be able to have your interests really captivated and held by one of these books. So I think, yeah, you can study to be a witch. 
Um, yeah, I totally believe that it's actually really important, though, to study to be witch because there's only so much that comes naturally. There's only so much that we can get out of beginner books. And then you really have to start really pursuing that knowledge and learning more because there's so much that goes with it. And it's kind of like once you start down this path, it's like you're just a student for life. Like you're never going to stop learning. Right. Always something new to learn every day. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a high priestess, like, I'm sure, like, you know, you know a lot, but there's still things that you get to learn and kind of experience for the first time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm always open to learning and because and, knowledge is power. That's what I always say to my people and my students. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. So that's a, what what is a witch other than a crazy cat lady that talks to trees? Well, I think that witches are more involved with nature definitely nature is very important in their path and all witches paths i believe because everything is connected the herbs the trees nature crystals so so she's very or he he is also called a witch not a warlock it's also he if you're a male it's witch as well and um witches meet once once or twice a month well our group does anyway for the to honor to do full moon and our path happens to in, in um, involve magic as well some paths do not some paths only honor deity goddess and god um, we are a little bit more versatile and we have a magical uh, little uh, we have magic in our rituals and, yes. and some don't because you don't you don't have to per perform spells to be considered a witch but in our coven we we do perform different spells and i think that it's something that's incredibly empowering because a witch is somebody that can look at everything and realize that everything has a spirit everything has a property and a power and if you build a relationship with these things and you can kind of harness that power to shift things in your life, to shift things in your loved one's lives, to promote prosperity or healing or take bad luck away and everything in between. And I think that's part of being a witch too. It's very empowering that you realize that you have a lot more control over your life than just the cards that you're dealt. Absolutely. So what, what three things are necessary <clears throat> to perform magic? Are Sana. you trying to quiz me right now? Yep. Um, intent. Yes. So magic definitely starts when you when you start thinking about a spell, it, it starts with your intent and what you're trying to do. And I always tell people, especially when you're doing like protective magic or clearing magic, that you need to approach it with a very calm mind. Because even if your intent is there to be good, if you're, you still have like anger in your heart in the back of your head when you sit down to do it, like your spell might go a little sideways. Right. True. So... Yeah, intense, definitely a big one. Um, you don't necessarily need all of the cool bells and whistles with like spell ingredients and stuff. So intent. Okay, intent is one. What else? I don't know, man. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> the need is number two. Okay. You know, and need, don't mistake need for want. You know, if you need uh, money to pay the rent so you can keep a roof over your child's head, that's when you can do magic, if you want just uh, a new pair of high heel shoes with those red bottoms, uh, <laughs> that's not a need. That's a want. And the last thing that you you need is knowledge, proper knowledge of how to perform magic. And we've all been there as as novices, and we've done spells that kind of like went awry or went backfired, and 
But you know what? Everybody's been there and done it, and the gods forgive, and you just learn how to do it the right way. So it's knowledge is important as well. Okay. Well, yeah, because there's that learning curve, you know, like going back to like, can you study to be a witch? Well, there's a lot of different forms of studying, and sometimes it's that learning curve and kind of messing things up and learning from it and how to pick up your magical mess. Mm-hmm. So, but Do you notice, though, witches are the people that are helping the uh, little foundations for animals and women's foundations and donating to their causes and planting trees. We're pretty good people, we're, we're, you know, because we know that what we reap or what we sow is what we reap. So what you put out is what you're going to get back. So we're going to think about doing something negative because we know it's going to come back to us three times. I agree. I think that once I started really studying magic and learning the the rule of three, that whatever you do comes back to you times three, it's really made me... <clears throat> It's really made me think twice about what I do or I say or even like when like thoughts come up in my head that aren't really on the line, I have to like put myself in check. So it's made me a lot more aware, held me a lot more accountable because I know that what I'm putting out there is just being mimicked right back to me. Exactly. So you want to do good and we do do good for so we we reap those benefits of the return. So I think witches are really good people. I think so. I think so. And I would like to think that we're good people. And I would like to think that we can really kind of set this example and prove that we're not just people that worship Satan and eat babies because there that's are not people, what's up. There are people out there, there are witches that go down that path of Satanism and um, dark the dark side. I know a lot of Satanists that are actually really cool people and they're really, really nice. So I think that's like... A whole topic to itself that is very misunderstood yes well witchcraft in general is misunderstood let's face it absolutely but yeah so there are satanist uh witches and they're actually really cool people that still doesn't mean that they're like dangerous i think that witches at the end of the day were just people so there's good ones and bad ones right just like anything else but exactly unless uh these babies that we're eating are sculpted out of cheese i probably will not partake (laughs) you know um Every time we have a new people, a new person coming into the circle for the first time, I always do this just to get a rise. And when it comes to cake and ale time, I will stop and very seriously, and I can keep a straight face. I go, uh, can you bring in the newborn baby for the sacrifice now? And the face on that person is worth a million dollars. And then I say, <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But I like to do that just because that is a stigma that, you know, people put on us. And But I just like to, to bust I think that we should just start keeping a baby doll in, like, our ritual supplies (laughs) just for this occasion. Maybe so. That might be a little bit more. We could stuff it with Vesta powder and just throw (laughs) it on the fire and let it explode. And these people will have a fucking heart attack and just run away screaming. You'll never see someone convert to Catholicism so fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. So on the topic of of religion, though, you don't necessarily have to be religious, per se, to be a witch, because even though there are religions within witchcraft, like Strega is a religion, Wicca is a religion, witchcraft is a practice, and you can be any religion to be a witch. So with witchcraft, you you can be a witch and not have to be following a particular religion like for instance you can be a catholic witch i do know people that 
when using the God and goddess archetypes, use the Virgin Mary and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they do. Um, and there are some, there's many paths in uh, witchcraft and, and paganism. Uh, there's there's the Nords, there's Celtic, there's so many, the Egyptians. Wicca, and, that's a big one Wicca, now. Yeah. Yes, Wicca is the new, the new form of witchcraft. And... Um, Many paths are they don't even worship deity, or they don't. It's all about workings and magic, and so everybody does it different. And it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just a different way of of honoring or working the circle. So there's yeah. many many different ways to go. And if you're interested in someday being in a coven, so to speak, go to as many open rituals as you can with different paths and see if one resonates with you. See which one resonates with you. I think a lot of times people get into magic and they get so excited at this idea of a coven that they just want to be in one so bad to like get that witch cred. So when they find a coven, they really try and like cling to that to get into that one. But it's kind of like shop around. Like Absolutely. Covens are kind of like cars. You don't want to like just buy one right off the lot without taking it for a spin. I mean, because there's so many different like paths out there there's also a lot of different personalities and all of these things kind of come into play so i think that yeah you definitely have to like check them all out and get to know the people build relationships with them before really committing to things you're allowed to do that and build these friendships you know yeah and you know for the new person coming into a coven that's a tough tough walk because First of all, you may not know all the people that are in in the coven, and then there could be personality conflicts, and it's really a learning a learning game. You have to learn how to get along with people, how to trust people. So it's a, it's not easy. It's not an easy walk in the beginning, or I don't think. I mean, I think you have to work work for everything that you get in in the coven I think, as well. But especially with magic, I think that that really kind of makes things stronger when you have to put in that effort and. You know, having personality conflicts with people, that's just something that happens in life. Oh, yeah. But it's every day a little different, at least to me, when you're in a coven and you deal with that, because that's kind of part of your spiritual path. It's something that's so deeply personal that you have to share with people that you may not have even known at first when you first kind of went into this. So it's a little a little harder. But I think that makes it more worth it. But you don't even have to be in a coven. For years, I was a solitary witch. I had really no interest in being in a coven. I never sought it out. I was just really lucky to find the right people for me and kind of stumble into that. But being solitary doesn't make you any less of a witch. Oh, absolutely not. Um, And, you know, when you're in a coven... I feel like I like the coven act actually above solitary because there's strength in numbers and it gets to a point where you become family. Uh, You become so close that you can actually pick up on other people's, if something is going on in someone's life, you get this feeling, you're like, okay, I got to call this person. What's going on? And nine out of 10 times, yeah, there is something going on. So you become very in tune to each other and it's very uh, strong. And that's why the magic is so strong. Absolutely. It also, in my case, just makes sure that my lazy ass does magic at least once a month. There you go. Because, I mean, if I had it my way, I would, like, spit on a candle and call it a day. (laughs) 
Now let's I'm, not get lazy now. I'm pretty sure that I have to do a little bit more than that. So Absolutely. being in a coven, make sure that I show up. I, you know, I put on my ritual robes. I go through all of these these bigger processes, the more ceremonial type of processes Absolutely. that go with it. Which, you know, being as lazy as, as I am, I may bitch and moan when I'm starting to get ready, but I really do get something out of it at the end of it, and I'm really grateful that I have that. And I think being solitary, at least for me, knowing that. I can be lazy. I think being solitary, I wouldn't have those experiences and I would have to be a lot more disciplined with myself. So I kind of like having the coven because I don't have to do that. Yeah, it keeps me in check and I really do like that. But there's still definitely pros and cons and I think you just kind of have to feel out which which one's for for you. you. Yeah, absolutely. so, you know, a lot of people, like, we're able to now have access to different metaphysical stores that have different rituals. And if you live in an area, you might be lucky enough to have an area that has multiple metaphysical stores. So you can kind of shop around and see all these different things. But I know that they're not everywhere. So you can go to, uh, like, meetup.com or Witchbox and actually find different meetup groups or covens that are have open circle open to the public once in a while so that you can check these things out if it's something that you do want to explore. Absolutely. And, you know, for an example, a couple of years ago, we went on a field trip with the coven to um, New Orleans. And before we went, since we were going to be there during the full moon, I went on Witchbox and I kind of located a coven in that area and asked that if we can celebrate the full moon with them. And they graciously allowed us to come. So that was really cool. Uh, they were called the Beehive Coven and um, they opened up their their home and their circle to us. And that was quite a beautiful experience, don't you think? It was a really great ritual. I had so much fun and it was so cool to be in New Orleans to yeah. do a ritual. But those people were so nice and they were so welcoming and it was just a really an awesome experience with you know, I, I'm very blessed that I have such a large magical community around me, but to be able to go to another to state, another state and yeah, do that, that and have that experience fabulous. was awesome. So if you guys are listening and you don't really have a lot of metaphysical stores near you, but you want to try and get a little bit more active, check out Witch Vox. That might be a, a good place to start, uh, witchvoxvox.com. And that's where I think you can find like a lot of different listings of different covens and different things oh, yeah. in your different area. Different events. You know, there's yeah. always an event somewhere going on. Yeah, because part of learning and expanding your magic and getting to know yourself as a witch is to get out there and try different things. And some of it is just totally going to be your jam and you're going to love. And then other stuff you're going to walk away and go, okay, well, that was anticlimactic, you know. And that's how you kind of have to like get the hang of all of that. Just take as many classes as you can from really good teachers. Read, read, read. That's how you get your knowledge. And then you just experience it. You just walk the walk. Yeah. And I think some of it's just like your own like experimentation too. Like you have to read up on, you know, different herbs or different offerings that spirits like and stuff and you you apply that and put that into practice and it's just like building a relationship with a person you get to know this energy more it gets to know you and you know how well that you guys work together and then you can start playing with other offerings and figure out what they really like and I think that is a really exciting thing when you can get there because that shows that you've gone beyond just like the cut and dry this is right this is wrong and you started really experiencing magic for yourself and what that really means for you and you know it's so exciting when you do a spell and you see it manifest and you're like wow i did that (laughs) that's so powerful it is so powerful it's really great or when you're even in the middle of doing a spell or in a ritual and like you just feel the energy Mm. shift or i've even had times where i i felt like someone put their hand on my shoulder 
Oh, wow. And I could have sworn that someone was like patting my shoulder, like really reassuringly, like almost like giving me a hug. And it was the most bizarre thing. And I, I had already like believed in magic. I knew I was a witch, but that was something where I was like, wow, like this is real. Yeah. yeah and it was really awesome. What was your first experience? Like not necessarily with just like ritual and witchcraft, but where you were like, magic is real. Well, you know, this may sound really silly, but uh, I have to tell you this little story. Every place I moved back east, I would go to the uh, the garden store and get Lily of the Valley pips because I love, that's my favorite flower, and I wanted them wherever I lived. So moved to Patterson, New Jersey, a little patch of dirt in the back of the driveway. And I said, okay, that's my little spot where I'm going to plant some pips. So I planted the pips and then May comes along and I can't wait to go see if, if my three little plantings have uh, bloomed. And I go back there and the whole place is covered in the League of the Valley. Now that was magical. It was already there, but you know, I just thought that was the most magical thing that happened. I think that's awesome. I have one that I think is just like, the, it really is. It's the stupidest thing in the world, but it was just the most mind-blowing experience to me. So I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, uh-huh. which means I don't know what real weather is. Oh. It's just basically summer all year long, and then sometimes we have overcast. That's what's up. So I went a couple years ago to New York for the first time in December to visit my friend, and my last day there, it was supposed to snow. I've only seen snow, like, already on the ground. And not, like, nice fluffy snow. It's, like, more like ice that's just, like, really crunchy and packed in. And so I knew it was supposed to start snowing in the morning. And so I woke up, like, every 30 minutes. And then I finally woke up and there was snow. And I was so excited. And I just threw my shoes on and ran up to the roof. And there was snowflakes falling from the sky. And for some reason in my head, I always just thought snow was just, like, little, like, blobs of snow. I didn't know that snowflakes were a thing. I thought it was just like a myth. I thought it was just like up there with like Santa Claus. And so like when I saw like the snowflakes, my mind exploded and I just like stood there with my mouth just hanging open, just like pointing at them and then they would melt and I would get sad and then there was another one and it was just the most insane thing. And so magical. It was so beautiful that it was just like this is this is magic. This right here is magic it's so gorgeous and intricate and it's just like so much had to go into this one tiny thing that's so temporary like it was i think the most magical thing i've ever experienced and meanwhile everybody else that was with me who knew that snowflakes were real just got a laugh at the dumb californian (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty amazing shauna (laughs) i thought it was pretty exciting i don't think all my friends back home in la were excited when i had to call them at the butt crack of dawn forgetting that there was a three-hour time difference but i thought it was very important at five o'clock in the morning that everybody knows that snowflakes are real so if you didn't know that you know now oh i always knew that that's for sure That's for sure. And you know what's really amazing too, and I don't know if you had I don't know if you got to listen to the sound of falling snow. That is an a most amazing sound. It, it you had told me about it and so I made a point to try and find a quiet area which was really difficult to do when there was a train across the street from oh, where yeah. I was staying. But I managed it, and it really was. It was this really interesting yeah, sound. Yeah, I can't but... even m- mimic it or like duplicate it, but it's just 
it's just an incredible sound. It's very peaceful. It is. It's very peaceful. There is something just very, very magical about being in the snow. And maybe it's just because that was like my only real like time and experience with it. But I mean, everything just looked beautiful. I, I got to go to the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery that day too. And so to see that with just like a fresh blanket of snow, it was just so incredible. And just the energy just felt that's different right. energy just, yeah energy absolutely because we're all energy right exactly and that's how we're all connected you mm -hmm. know is through is through that energy and i think that's like coming back right down to it was what is a witch a witch is someone that understands that and can connect to all these different energies absolutely do you think that anybody could be a witch do you think everyone's got it in them mm, i don't think so i'm, I'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no i i really firmly believe that you're born into it you know, you know, at a very young age that you're different, you know, that you're not, you don't fit in with the other people, you know, that, you know, little things like snow and, and flowers make you excited. And where if normal people, they don't have time for that. You know, it's mundane people, you know, they're, they're into going out and getting, you know, getting drunk and partying and i mean pagans like that too we oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like sure, absolutely not, i'm not saying we're prudes but they're, they're not in that <laughs> nature vein you know what i'm saying yeah no they're, they're they're really not there is a difference i think that witches can yeah we we find like joy in like weird small things that other people would think is really stupid um and i think that's part of just like the excitement of life like some little things just make me so happy yeah, it's like the absolutely. stupidest little things like snowflakes are forever going to be my happy thought you know what though i don't tell people i'm a, a witch right off the bat i get them to like me and to get to know me and when they really like me and, and get to know me then i drop the bomb and then it's interesting to see how they back away some people and then i have to say then to them but you liked me before i told you and i am the same person here i am it's just me i just gave myself a title now and now you're freaked out so i've done that many times where i let the person get to know me before dropping the bomb the witch bomb on them you know i don't think i've ever really been like aware of if I like kind of just put that out there right when I first meet people I mean just with my job and just like who I put myself out to the public with being I, that is just very much so a part of who I am so a lot of people just know that upon like really getting to know me but I feel like I tell people a lot like I I am a tarot card reader I am a psychic I do these things I like go on hunt ghosts and so to me I just assume that witchcraft just kind of falls into that category and for the most part, I feel like it's usually really well received. People think that it's really interesting. They're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I do have that occasional, will you curse my ex for me? Or have you, have you cursed me? It's really this wonderful kind of feeling when people know that you're a witch. And like, if you have like a little tiff with them, and then all of a sudden their life starts to suck. And then they're like, you cursed me. I'm like, well, I didn't. But thank you for giving me so much power. Now I can. I appreciate that. <laughs> But for the most part, I feel like it has been really well received. I think people now are just so curious about it. And, you know, we've always has had witches and magic like in TV and in books and stuff like that. But in this way, that's very like unrealistic, like Harry Potter, bewitched and stuff where it's like these wonderful stories. But like, obviously, you know, we're not going to like have a pet giant squid in a lake somewhere and stuff like that. I mean, it would be badass. I would totally have one that will be added to my my menagerie in one day um but to get and see that and see all the witches that we see in tv now and then bring it into this realistic thing like here's a real life person that i know that's a witch like what does that mean where is that relationship between real life and what i see on tv mm, 
That's a big difference. I think that a lot of people would be very disappointed. Yeah, we don't have uh, all the glitz and the sound effects and all of that that come along with the movies, that's for sure. We should totally get a soundboard and just have an engineer run that for every coven movie that we have. <laughs> I think that Just to make be... it more interesting. Right? No, cheese, cheese sculpted babies and baby spaghetti dolls. Sauce. Spaghetti sauce. Spaghetti sauce. And yeah. we need to get a baby doll stuffed with festive powder just for dramatic effect. And we need to have a really good explosion noise on the soundboard and just time all of it. Perfectly. Yeah, that would be really fun. <laughs> yeah. I do think that witches do ha- have a lot of fun just down to our holidays that we have. I mean, we have a whole holiday dedicated to sex. Isn't that amazing? Where I, other religions like kind of, uh, you know, hide behind sex and, and it's bad and give it a bad name and it's evil and stuff. But we welcome it. Of course, safely, of course. Wait, yeah, we, we have Beltane, May 1st, which, you know, a lot of people, even if you're not pagan, are familiar with some of the practices outside of just, you know, fucking. There is the Maypole dance, which a yes. lot of people see on TV and stuff, where it's like the big pole and the ribbons and you dance around it. And let me tell you guys, it looks like it's fun, but it's just in theory. Because when you put it into practice, it's really complicated to it properly is. try and Especially do that Especially when dance. you have a hell of a lot of people doing it. It gets complicated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so but it gets that's really fun. It's fun, though. That's fun doing that, though. I have, a, I have a lot of fun with it. I eventually will give up. I am definitely a Maypole quitter where it's, like, super cool for, like, a hot second. And then I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to grab a beer and watch you guys from out here have fun. Yeah. But yeah. That, that whole holiday is just like to celebrate fertility and birth and spring and everything and so there's even like this little poem that someone told me once that's great it says the first of may the first of may outdoor fucking begins Begins today today. (laughs) yes we recite that every single time at the end of our may day see there you go but i mean like it's just because it's just natural stuff like pagans really do like know how to have fun yes we do we do we sure do I think, like, this was, like, just a really good, like, fun witchy thing that kind of became, like, a ritual blooper that was great. We had a big ritual for uh, my boss's, our boss's birthday one year, and we had a bunch of Vesta powder, which, for those of you that don't know, it's, like, an explosive powder that makes this really cool, like, pizzazzy kind of thing when you throw it into the fire. And so after the ritual, we had a giant bowl left over. And one of my bosses just took it and dumped it into the cauldron fire. And it was amazing and giant. And every pyro just started cackling and giggling. It was great. It was great. And then we just didn't think about all the smoke that it was going to produce. So then everyone goes back inside after the ritual. And I step out front. And I see a fire truck and I didn't really think anything <laughs> of it until I saw the neighbors pointing at me and I thought about all that smoke and I was like, oh shit. And I ran right back into the ritual and I was like, I need an adult. I need an adult. The firemen are here. What do we do? Uh-huh. And you know what? The firemen were really cool. They walked in and saw that there was some kind of weird party going on. The first one just yelled like, who ordered the strippers? So, you know, they were a good sport about it. And I'm sure it's really great for them to go home, like, at the end of that and be like, so I had to break up a witch party today. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Day in the life. Day in the life. Yeah. Witch bloopers. I want to hear everybody else's witch bloopers. So if you guys are listening and you guys have, like, funny things that have happened in rituals and, like, different witchy activities that you were doing, like, send us your experiences. We want to hear about it. We want you guys to be able to laugh at us. And we, in turn, want to laugh at you. So let's just kind of keep that flowing you can email us at wine spirits and witches at gmail.com 
So just to kind of throw that out there, because I love all the witchy bloopers and all the silly things that kind of happen. And so I would love to hear like what happens with other people's practices, because we cannot be the only clumsy witches out there. Were you in the ritual that that open ritual a couple of years ago, must have been two, three years ago, where this uh, one of the people attending the ritual brought her daughter and they were calling in the, the the water quarter, the west quarter, and they were calling water. And then you hear this little voice in the background go, "Mommy, I have to go to the bathroom." It was just this, it was just perfect timing. We, was, we called water then, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was just really funny. That was perfect timing. You couldn't time that any more perfectly than that. Oh my god, that's amazing! No, I wasn't oh, there. Oh, that for was that. so so funny. Everybody was laughing at that. It was just perfect. I love witchy little kids. I think they are just so damn cute. And, you know, they do come into the store and they are just so focused on whatever they're out to do. Crystals, mostly crystals and stuff. I mean, but you can tell they're into it. They ask you questions and you know, okay, this little kid, which in training right there. I love it when you see them and they're like negotiating with their parents like, okay, but what if I get these two crystals, but I promise to put this back. I'm like, you know, I think I probably negotiated for Barbies when I was a kid. So like props to these little witchlets because that's Mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, when I was a little girl, my mom used to take me to the store and to buy us a toy at Woolworths and uh, I would buy a plant. So how weird was I? I used to get in trouble as a kid for trying to do automatic writing. I would sit in front of the TV and just like draw like the little loops on the paper and I would try and like get a spirit to talk to me and my mom or grandmother would catch me and they would yell at me because they'd be like, you don't know who you're going to be talking to. You shouldn't do that. So I got in a lot of trouble for that. And after a while, like they just took all of like the pens and pencils and stuff away in case Mm -hmm. I was trying to do it when they weren't around. And then I was in a Lutheran school. When I was growing up, and this was, like, I think I was in kindergarten when Princess Diana died, Mm. and I had a little tent in my backyard that I would play in with my friend, and so we got home from school one day, and I was like, let's go have a seance in my tent and go talk to Princess Diana. Oh, wow. Needless to say, her parents were not very happy, and I got in lots of trouble at my Lutheran school the next day. Oh, my. I would like to say that we talked to Princess Diana, but I'm pretty sure that didn't really happen. But, you know, the intent, my intent was there. Yeah, you had good intentions. So yeah. that was like the one of, one of three. I had one of three requirements for casting this, but the intention was there. Yeah. So when we talk about witches, it's really goddess-based. A lot of times you hear about, like, the triple goddess. You see, like, the, the drawing of maiden mother crone but then you also see pan and like the horned god and i think there is sometimes like like misconceptions with like the horned god being the devil and stuff but there's definitely that balance of that male and female energy there yeah that is the selling point was the big selling point for me the balance between male and female you know it's just not male it's just not god there's a female energy too because without one there is not another for instance mundane things in life always female and male the key into the door male into the female the gas pump into the car male female everything is male female so because witches really aren't as sophisticated as people think it's just basically if it looks like a dick it must be god (laughs) right like that really was like the easiest way for me to figure out how to properly set up my altar when i was learning that was if it looked phallic it just went on the right side and anything that looked like a hole went on the left (laughs) as long as you guys know that like you can pretty efficiently set it up because like i said we're not that sophisticated we just pretend we are 
Yeah, I guess. But you don't have to, um, you don't have to go and like, like, I guess, worship both. Like you can kind of like do what you, what feels right to you or, you know, some people like really develop a relationship with like a particular deity right off the bat, but it's just one, like, you know who your patron god is but you know that there is goddess but you don't know which one is yours so you kind of have to like play with that and let her come to you or vice versa right exactly and you know there's nothing wrong with just saying goddess and god if you don't know who your patron is it's it's, there's nothing wrong with that yeah i don't feel like there's any pressure to that and Mm -hmm. like i said i do know some people that work with like jesus and the virgin mary so you don't you don't have to turn away from what you were brought up with if it doesn't feel right to you or if you try and approach it and there's so much guilt like you can use whatever you were raised with yeah one of my favorite people and teachers back east her name is bobby john and she calls herself the catholic witch but she was the one who was seeing little gnomes in her garden and smelling the cigar smoke of her her late husband yeah she was a witch but she hid behind that religion because it was safe i guess um and you know there's a lot of magic that's really kind of intertwined into that though because yes which has had to really go underground and kind of like mask a lot of it they did and that's where in you know in santeria um a lot of the um uh, saints were given catholic names to cover up the work that they were doing for instance alegua is actually saint anthony yes in, the, in catholicism so I mean, yeah. Stragos use a lot of the saints. A lot of yeah, people yeah. do now, but yeah. that's where, like, when you know, like, for instance, St. Anthony is patron saint of finding lost things. St. Anthony must be so sick of me, I basically have him on speed dial. Yeah. Um, I love St. Anthony. He's my he's a, one of my main squeezes, yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely com- comes through for me real hard. Just earlier today, I was, like, frantic looking for keys, and he was like, don't worry, you clumsy bitch, here you go. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's that's another little piece. And that feels magical when you lose something. You say that St. Anthony chant. And if the, if it's within reach in five minutes or less, you're going to find it. Every time. Every single time. It's without fail. But if it's gone, you know, if it's like really missing, out of sight, out of mind, stolen or whatever, of course you're not going to get it back. I, I think that's the only time that it didn't work was when my phone was stolen. Yeah. Other than that, like, and it, like the stuff appears in the weirdest places and it may I not know. even be like, I know I did not leave it there, but there it is. Well, that could be fairies too. Yeah, you know, I I know that fairies are a thing and I've seen them and it's been like the weirdest thing where one time I was just standing in my back doorway just looking into the backyard and it looked like glitter like just kind of floated past my eye and for a minute I thought there was something medically wrong with me like why am I seeing this? And that was right at the time that I started reading Enchantment of the Fairy Realm by Ted Andrews. So it's just kind of like it all just opened up. So it totally could be fairies. I tend to yell at the ghosts in my house and think it's them. And that seems to kind of work for me personally. Okay. Okay. Um, But that's probably just because I don't know if I want to open that can of uh, fairy worms and get into all of that. I can be chaotic enough without the help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, could be activity like that going on. Ghost, fairy, sure. Yeah, like a lot of times when people lose like shiny things or their keys and things like that, you always say like, well, okay, well, you know, have you have you asked the fairies for it back? Have you given them an offering? Like the few times that I have kind of gone that way and thought it was fairies, I've like left candy out. Uh, another good offering for fairies is milk and honey. Mm-hmm. A bowl of milk and honey. Yeah. Is that where the the like saying of like the land of milk and honey came from? Is that tied with she the fairies? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. To okay. be honest with you, we're gonna have to do some research and report yes, back on that one. Yeah, we do. 
So, yes, and uh, like when you see like like the circle of mushrooms, it's like it's the fairy ring or the circle of rocks that you see. Yes, exactly. Fairy mounds, the raised, you know, dirt and grass in certain areas, fairy mounds. They say if you you go on a fairy mound, you're going to fall asleep fall asleep sleep 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 that's what they say okay you know what we ever think everyone needs to have one of those in their backyard just for like when you have those moments of insomnia we can just go stand there and pass out <laughs> you'll probably be covered in candy and milk and honey by the end of it and the fairies will probably have dressed you in drag by the time you wake up but you will have gotten a good night's sleep well deserved and needed as well yeah exactly so i think one of the really exciting parts about being witches is the fucking spell work like come on everybody loves a good recipe right everybody loves a good spell let's face it i think even like when i know like when you teach classes both of us teach classes at the green man store and when i do i think like people like they they get into it but the second you say that you're going to give them a spell everybody perks up and everybody's pen is ready they want that recipe absolutely so i have one that i wanted to share with you guys um earlier when I was talking about the potato thing with the boards that was like my very first spell that I came encounter with it wasn't the first one I performed but it was the very first one that I learned and it's really easy and all you need is a wart and a potato and so that's pretty and obviously your intention knowledge and need see look I now know all three of them I'm gonna come up with something to stump you it might take me a minute but I'm gonna get something so you just wait for your pop quiz (laughs) oh boy so you can hear me stutter stutter and we're gonna have it on recording it's gonna be Uh glorious so for your potato board spell you need one whole potato and what you do is you cut it in half now this has to be done on the full moon It has to be done on the first night of the full moon. That's the only time you do it. If you miss your opportunity, you have to wait for the next month to do it. And you cut the potato in half and you rub it on, you take one half and you rub it on the wart, wherever the wart is. And then you take the potato and you put both halves back together and you go outside where you are in like direct line with the full moon so that you can like look up and see her. And you dig a hole and you hold the potato and you put it in the ground and you look up at the moon and you say, by the dark of the night, by the light of the moon, I wish this word away. I wish it away soon. And you bury it. And then you were blemish free. Wow. So it's pretty cool. It was it was really cool. And it was something that every month I had to hear about it growing up is, you know, the with the bag of potatoes and who has the wart and then I tried it and all of my years of shit talking I took all of that right back when it definitely worked you know I always wondered why my mom would keep garlic under the sink and you know had to be under the sink there was a reason for that but she never really told me but I'm sure it was like folk magic like you know protection I was was, yeah it was probably like protection right Mm -hmm. I would like to think that I am probably one of the most protected people on the planet because I'm pretty sure I put garlic in everything except like ice cream oh my god have you ever been in a room with a person the day after they have had Lots of wine and lots of garlic. I mean, you're in a room with me right now, and I will tell you that I had a lot of garlic and wine yesterday. Oh, my God. But no, but it's not filling the space. I used to work in a school, and this one teacher would come in. It would permeate the entire room. I couldn't even breathe, and I started to see the kids get a little loopy. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like a toxic gas that gets let out. It's pretty amazing. It's the most, you know, they say you can't mistake the smell of death. Well, you can't mistake the smell of garlic and wine. Trust so, me, it is the most unbelievable smell, and it lasts 
forever. I would have to stick my head outside the door to get a good breath of air. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm thinking that instead of the electric chair, they should offer death by uh, garlic and wine. So, and like, I think, like, our next uh, time, like, you know, God forbid that there's ever, like, the burning times come back and there's witch hunters, like, they're all going to, like, credit you, Monica, because <laughs> it's not going to be the burning times, it's going to be the stinking times, oh and they're just going to fucking stink us to death with garlic oh and wine. Oh, my God. I can't believe that you never experienced that. It is an amazing smell. Let, let me just put it that way. It is toxic. It's I like, hold like a skunk. You ever do like a skunk when he uh You know, sprays? I gotta say, I legit Ugh. cannot tell the difference between pot and a skunk. Oh, you gotta it be kidding me. Oh my no, God. I can't tell the difference. Oh my I, I'll, God. I'll like be driving down the place. I'm like, oh, does everyone smell pot? And they're like, that's a skunk. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Oh, well, I, I hope uh... I never experienced that garlic and wine thing just because I love both of those things so oh. much. That I, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. <laughs> I'm sure you do. So there, there's another one for your... Uh, your book of shadows if you want to curse somebody <laughs> you just get really wasted that night get like two bottles of wine and like Lots four of loaves garlic. of garlic bread and then the next day you hunt that motherfucker down and you just, just give breathe. him a really big hug and you put him in an him. enclosed room with you and just breathe yeah. all you need to do is breathe and sit there with the other person. but you it just like to add insult <laughs> to injury you should just read them a really boring fucking book on top of it oh my god they'll pass out from the smell i guarantee i, I think that's a really nasty curse right there that is black magic at its <laughs> finest <laughs> it sure is so outside of cursing people with uh, wine and garlic and beautifying yourself with a potato, um, Miss High Priestess over here, why don't you give us a spell? Well, this is a simple spell, and I think, and all I know is it works beautifully, and um, it's like sympathetic magic. So let's say you're having a really negative time in your life, you know, and, and sometimes it's good to get it out. So write it down on a piece of paper, write it 12 times write the whole paper filled of what you want to get rid of and then simply burn it by flame and then it is done so it's like you're doing something about the negativity you're banishing the negativity so would you write down like i wish blah 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 away or just write down just the thing i want oh okay negative i want the negative people out of my life I want the negative energy out of my life you can write like that yeah so would you say for like everybody listening for our witchlets out there that want to test this out um would you say that this would be more of like a cleansing thing to cleanse the negativity from your life or could this even be considered like a banishing could you use this to banish like the shitty neighbor or something like that yeah without being specific with the names just in general you so you just like say like i purge all negativity right exactly that's the that's the quick and dirty and the best way to fly okay i like that i think that one thing to kind of take note of is that the universe has jokes sometimes so you got to be kind of specific sometimes because when you say does i banish all negativity well that toxic boyfriend that you insist on having like he's part of that negativity so you might have accidentally got rid of him which would probably be a good thing. It totally would be a good thing. But there's like, you know, there's that want and that need. And you may not need that dickhead in your life, but you want him. Yeah. And, you know, like I said before, I had a friend who took my classes on candle magic. And I gave my lecture about never be specific, never use a person's name, never do anything to manipulate the free will of a person. And, of course, she didn't listen to me. And she was like to the sky. And she did a love spell. And she got him. And then about a month into the relationship, she found out he was an alcoholic and a drug drug addict and used to beat her. And then she came crying to me, how do I get rid of him? 
aha, so you didn't listen to me and you did go against his free will. So little tip, never go against someone's free will. Yeah, because you never know what you're going to get. What goes so around comes around. I have a confession. Uh-oh. Um, and just for everyone listening, our engineer recording this is my husband, who's giving me a very dirty look right now. So um, I'm, I met him when I was 18, and I had, you know, practiced a little bit of witchcraft, but I wasn't very educated at the time, but I knew I could do magic. And he had really long, pretty hair like he does now. So I very slyly one day uh, stole his hair tie. Oh, boy. And I walked around my neighborhood and I hand harvested some herbs. I put energy into this spell. And I did a love spell on him. And I'm a damn good witch because I married that bitch. Um, But... I, and I never told him about it until about two years later when I started really studying magic and witchcraft. And I was taking classes. And one of the classes that I took that, that one night, I remember, is we talked about black magic and what is black magic. And we talked about going against people's will. And one of them that's just so common is love magic. Yes, and like You don't absolutely. think that you're doing yeah. something wrong, but, you know. You are. So... I came home from class that night and I felt so guilty. And at that point, we had already lived together. And so I admitted it and I told him, I was like, I'm so sorry. I put a love spell on you. And I don't know if he actually got mad at me or if it was just funny or what. But now it's definitely that thing that sometimes when he's doing things he doesn't want to do. But just like, you know, all the annoying things that guys have to do for their wives and shit, he always goes, I wonder if I'm doing this because I want to or if it's because you put a spell on me. <laughs> so You'll I will never know. <laughs> I will never live that down. But uh, don't fuck with me. I'm a good witch. Look at that. I may, I may be a bad witch, but I'm damn good at it. So um, though those are our spells. You have one to banish negativity. You have one to get rid of a wart. And we're going to write all of these out. And these will be on our Instagram page for anyone if you want to go and look at them and write them down and add them to your own book of shadows. So you can find us on Instagram at Wine Spirits and Witches. I will even try and put it up on our website, winespiritsandwitches.com. But as we put out spells on here, I will get them all written out so that we can have them on our Instagram for you people to, to find. You want to put it on Instagram or just on the site? I would feel much better just on the site. Just on the site? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. screw all of you guys on your Instagram then. I guess you guys have to go to the site. <laughs> That's what happens when Monica's old school like that. I'll try and sneak some of them onto Instagram anyway. I'll try, guys. But if you guys have questions, we want to hear from you. Because one thing that we're going to do is we're going to have a segment called Ask a Witch. And this is going to be a really great time for you guys to be able to ask questions, to experience witches, get different opinions on different topics or if you need guidance on things or you just kind of want to know a little bit more about something or even just share your own experience we want to hear from you and if you're lucky we might even be able to answer your question on our podcast so please email us um wine spirits and witches at gmail.com with your questions and your experiences and ask a witch mm-hmm. so do you have anything else that you would like to to share don't forget witches do it in circles witches do it in circles and stregas write it better uh-huh. <laughs> when people ask me if i drive if i know how to drive a stick i say yes i do there you go yeah you do your broomstick that's right i had a lady come up to me once i um produce a burlesque show i co-produce a burlesque show and i was emceeing it one night and during intermission this lady who i've never seen before walked up to me and she said 
you're really funny. Now I know why the strega rides the broomstick. And she like laughed and walked away. And I had to stop and go, well, did I mention that I was a strega? How f- interesting. And I didn't. I never said anything about it. And like the lady looked like a like an elementary school teacher. So she looked really out of place here with the way she was dressed and everything. And I didn't see her for the rest of the show, and I've never seen her since. It oh, was wow. the weirdest thing. Wow. But, yes, yeah, so now she knows why the Strega rides a broomstick, which is why I say Strega's ride it better. <laughs> there you go. So thank you guys so much. Tune in next time. We are going to be having our uh, monthly astrology forecast, and we are going to go over the season of the witch. It's October. Halloween's coming up. Samhain's coming up. We're going to teach you how to say Samhain and not Sam Hain. Yes. And maybe a couple other witch things so until next time everyone merry meet merry part and merry meet again. again